Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. Let's begin with show notes, Karen. Our Evening with Medium events is sold out for the month of April, but we have tickets on sale for August 24th and December 14th. You can head over to buysarlow.com and click on the respective events to get your tickets. Just a reminder, August is, I think, two-thirds sold out already. Mm -hmm. That's correct. So there is a time crunch there. We do offer personal sessions, both with myself and with Karen. You can purchase them from anywhere in the world and experience them from anywhere in the world as well. And the same goes for gift certificates. And you can buy them in any denomination and a person can use them towards their session. We also want to remind you that we do have a second podcast show called Sips of Sanity. It's a shorter podcast show that airs at the beginning of every month, Monday through Friday. And we have about 10 to 15 minute episodes each day running on one theme where you're given more tools for your day-to-day life with emotional intelligence and ways of thinking. And April is growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Those are wonderful shows so that you can see where you have a fixed mindset about something that causes you to get stuck in your life. It could create a depression or just irritability, all kinds of different things. So head over to Sips of Sanity. Sips of Sanity is available only on the website at buysarlo.com under podcasts. And on to today's show. Journeying. I know we've done it before, but today, well, maybe it will be some repeats of some of the other things. I don't know. You're better at saying and identifying those things in me. We're 145 shows in. There are definitely repeats. Okay. But there are always different points to make, always different questions to answer, and people do need to hear things more than once to let it really sink in, so that's just fine. So journeying for me as a shaman, and for you as a shaman, and I say shaman, I don't know if I'm supposed to say shaw women, so I'm, I'm not certain, so I'm just going to stick with shaman for now. I'm not politically offended. Okay, so we channel, and people know that part, and as shamans, we also journey. And journeying means that we go into different states of reality. So if you're thinking, well, so do I, you're right. People do. They're not the same as journeys because journeys can be open with, or they can be very directed. And I want to talk today about the ones that are directed and the different types of people that come to learn how to do journeys for themselves and the reasons why they come, what they learn when they're doing it. So you can do a journey on behalf of someone else. So you and I journey on behalf of other people. But in this instance, for me, for us, people come and learn to journey with us. So here's a couple of ideas and a couple of different situations that I've had recently. And well, recently as in the last several years. How's that? First one that comes to my mind is a couple that are getting married that have decided that they're going to journey together and learn about each other through the journeying process. So not just watching each other's behaviors in every day-to-day things, but can we journey together and find each other's souls in a different dimension? What are we like when we're there? And do we want to use that to get to know each other? I thought that was absolutely wonderful. So they got the tools. They just started on their own each. They each learned how to do their own journey. So they didn't jump in first to find each other. First of all, they came to be able to say, I need to know about myself first. And 
individually I'm going to journey and then journal it. And then they shared from their journals what each of them got when they did their journeys. So do you mind if we back up here for a moment? Because we jumped right into types of journeying, but we're not actually describing what they are. Oh, yeah. So for people who are listening for the very first time to even just one of our shows, they might not even know exactly what the word is. Okay. Okay. So when we teach journeying, we describe it in the sense of when we go into different states of reality, we go into the lower world, the middle world, and the upper world. When I teach it, we start with the lower world. So you find your spirit guides, you find your spirit animals, and when you do that, you can go to them with questions. So this is an out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. It's a soul travel Yes. That a, I, yeah, I want to be specific about that because yes. to, to generalize it and say it's a form of meditation. No. Right. Which is why I'm wanting to bring up a little bit more specifics. Okay. Because to just say the lower, middle, and upper world, how am I getting there? Closing your eyes, laying down, setting in an intention to go into a different state of reality, visualizing it going with a guide, and I mean a human guide, me, you, as another shaman, as well as our spirit guides. So the purpose there first is to find out your own guides so that you have conversations and create a relationship. And why don't I do this alone the first time? So that you can go out and come back into your body safely without headaches, without feeling sick, without feeling fatigued, without feeling like you're out of sorts, depressed, all kinds of things. And the shaman brings you back in and teaches you how to do those things. So the shaman watches your spirit go out and come back in and teaches you how to do it for yourself safely. Okay. And I want to also throw out the the term sleep paralysis because paralysis is something that you can feel or experience when you've left the body and don't know how to get back into it. You're aware where your body is, but you're not quite sure how to get into it again and be human. This is the reason that we journey with shamans. This is the reason that we don't do it by ourselves so that we can be educated. Right. Because people, humans who can see souls and what they're doing, how they're maneuvering, can go find us in space and time, no matter where we've gone. Yeah. To retrieve us. That's correct. It's all very, very important. So they learn this together. They share the experience, even though they're having two separate experiences, they share it together. And the journaling part is wonderful. So there's, as you know, there's a lot of structure to the journaling. There are reasons that we ask people to do that so that they can find things that are similar, figure out things that have meaning, Things that don't necessarily have meaning in a particular journey, but may in future ones. So there's lots of structure to the teaching. I wanted to stress that it's very re- important for people to hear that it's a relationship and a journey. It's not a meditation where you go in and you just simply look for no thing, or you try to get to a place of just being peaceful or rest. A journey can provide you with that if that's an intention. But a lot of journeys have purposes. They're very busy. They're very active. They're driven and focused. 
and interactive. Yes. Where you have to be able to interpret back. You have to be able to work. This is a working thing. Well, I like that. I like the fact that I said that it's working because I want people really to understand that so that they don't think it's passive or that it's being done to them. They have to figure things out. They have to interact when they're in the other realities. And you want to be able to do that with integrity. So it's important to have a good teacher who's going to hold you accountable to all of those things and catch you in the other realities when you're goofing off, catch you when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing out there and can prove to you that they're actually out there with you. I like giving people structure in the journey and in the sequence of journeys that they are going to do in a session so that they are purposeful and that they connect to each other, that they build upon each other. Because that's a relationship. You want to be able to ask a spirit guide a question and hear the answer. You want to know what it is, be able to come back into your body and write it down. Even if you don't understand everything right away, you still want to be able to put that down all on paper. And when I say that, I mean that you can draw it, that you could sketch it, you can write words, you could write feelings, just thoughts, sentences, or story, or a sequence of events. And I offer all of those as options so that people don't get stymied into thinking or into a fixed mindset thinking, I have to write down just words. And I think people don't understand when they're doing that unless they look over at someone else's page to go, oh, she drew something. I didn't think of doing that. Oh, she wrote down or she drew a symbol. What is that? And the other person might go, well, I I don't know. It's just what I saw. So it it doesn't have to make sense. You just write it down. You might end up finding it in your reality. You might end up going for a drive or going to a movie, looking at the movie and going, well, for the love of God, I saw that in my journey. (laughs) What is that doing up on the screen? That's a form of channeling. Mm -hmm. And then people get to see that. Does that also make sense as to what I dreamt? Or I journeyed, I drew that, and three nights later, I dreamt it. Does that mean I created that in my dream? Does that mean if I see it in the movie theater that I've connected three realities? The journey, the dream, and the TV show. And how did the, how did I connect to the TV show like that? Or the movie? I think it's really cool that people get to do that and have that experience here on Earth because I think it's how we create things. And I don't just mean create like the movie or the book or a computer screen or a computer game. It's how we create our relationships. And I think that's the beautiful thing that this couple was looking for in coming to say, we've chosen to spend the rest of our lives together. So we've decided that we'd like to be able to connect in all realities. And we want to do that in a healthy way. We want to be able to be respectful of each other on earth and in the other dimensions. That's a contract. Yeah. And I'm I'm not saying I have a lot of these clients, (laughs) unfortunately, but I wanted to put it out there today in 2018 because we could be taping this show again in 2019 or 2020. And all of a sudden I'm saying, Kelly, I now have piles of clients that are coming in doing stuff like this together. 
Wouldn't that be nice if that was actually what a marriage vow was? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Or marriage course. Oh, my word. Yes. Well, it certainly, it certainly lets me know what I want. And I think if you're listening or I don't know, if you're just sitting out there today, you know, driving your car around, having your own coffee, is it something you want? And I think it's a good thing, Kelly, for people to approach a partner and say, is this something that you're open to? Can you research it? Can you open your mind? Can you go? Are you in a fixed mindset or can you jump into an open one? Because when you go to ask a partner a question like that, it allows you to really see where they are. You might think they're open to things and find out they're not as open as you thought. Or the opposite. You thought they would say no and their love for you throws it wide open. Their love for themselves or their curiosity about relationships opens the door for them. That's fun. Mm-hmm. That's fun to figure out who you're still married to after 30 years. Yep. Who they've become. Because we we think sometimes we know that person inside out. And it is sometimes the wonderful surprises we get that makes us fall in love with them again. And that's, this is an opportunity. Another kind of couple that came, Kelly, was a mom and daughter. They were super fun. And I've asked them to come and do a podcast show so that they could come and share what they were experiencing together. This mom and daughter, well, first of all, let's say that the daughter is under 10. And the mom, I think, is in her 30s. This is a duo. They came so that they could be guided to go into altered states of consciousness again to be able to each have their own separate experiences, but to do something together. So they've made a commitment and they come every three weeks. They're getting a whole toolkit to be able to go into other dimensions together so that they can use it as a facilitator to increase their intuitive gifts. Wow. Under 10. Under 10. That's wicked. So I teach them how to journey. And we first of all have been going into the lower world. So if you're listening and you don't know, the lower world means that it looks very much like Earth. So maybe for some people that makes it feel very safe because it still looks familiar. We go in there to find the spirit guides. And first of all, we went in to find animals. And I'm not going to tell you the stories because I think they're going to come and tell them themselves. But this is a different kind of love story between a mom and a daughter that are saying, we are so crazy about each other. We are so in love with each other. Not to say we don't fight or we don't have our disagreements, but we want to know and build on something that's here. Part of that something that's here is that they both know that they are intuitive and they want to create a bigger base to be able to connect to each other. So if we journey Does it play out in intuitiveness in the rest of our life? Does it play out in other relationships with other people? And do we learn how to trust each other more? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that if you are learning to connect to each other on such such a cosmic level, how does that change the way you communicate with one another when things are angry, when things are rough, when things are just everything feeling against the grain? Yeah, how do you connect to each other? And how do you build respect then? When you sit in those journeys 
and really listen to what the other person is experiencing. Mm -hmm. To me, it just it's automatic patience for another person, even if you can't understand immediately what they're experiencing, because there's a knowledge that in some way, shape or form, I can get there. Yes. And a desire to respect in the process that they may not know what they're experiencing either. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to verbalize it. They're saying what they feel in this journey, maybe versus what they saw or what they heard. So they're having to use all of their senses and ask each other better questions. So if she says, Ma, I don't understand. I didn't. This is what happened. Blah, blah, blah. The mom might say something like, well, what did you feel then? Well, what did you see? Well, what did you smell? Because they're learning that in the journey, we ask all of the questions about all six of the senses. Well, what did you think you knew from that? Did you intuit anything? So she's teaching her daughter to intuit and she's asking her that question. Oh my God. Imagine a mom's running around the planet saying, what did you intuit? Imagine schools. Oh, yeah. Like it's just, well, and we're hearing in some schools, they are teaching it. Yeah. They are asking that question. That's fabulous. So this is a mom and daughter. Then I wanted to go on to a different group today just to let people hear that there is a variety of ways to learn to do this. A group of children. This goes back years for me. But I used to have here in the house groups of children come with their moms and dads. And the children would sit in the center of the room. The parents sat in a living room. The door was open so that all the parents could see in. They could come in. They could listen. They were welcome to be part of it or that they could stay on the outside of it and just observe. And the group of children and myself, one shaman, sat together and created a purpose for each journey so that the children could find each other in different dimensions and then be able to come back into their bodies and go around the room and share with each other what they saw each other do, say, feel, and experience in an altered state. These kids were between four and about six or seven years old. And that went on for a few months. So they brought them, I think, every couple of weekends, like about every second or third weekend, so that the children could build on the journeys and the relationships together and their skill and trust each other. Now, imagine if we did that in those altered states of consciousness and taught them how to ask each other questions. Same kind of questions, Kelly. What did you feel? What did you intuit? What did you know from that? What did you see? What did you hear? Oh, I got that too. Or I saw it from this perspective. How we really teach collaboration amongst each other from that level all the way through. Then we understand that when we're in those other realities, we hurt each other. And that we all feel it was one of the things that happened in one of the journeys that stuck out in my mind was that in the journey, for some reason, one of them had some body pain. And they were trying to heal it in the other dimensions. They were asking about healing it. And the ch other children were saying, I felt that. I felt that in your shoulder. It goes over here into your back. Each of the children were describing how one child felt pain. And where it went, what it looked like, the geometric shapes that they played with. 
these are four and six-year-olds talking about one person's pain. Mm -hmm. I think you see in children when they physically hurt each other, the most kind of remorse, the most natural, I'll say tell, that we all feel what another person feels because they they you can see the distress within them that they've hurt someone. Yeah. Yeah. It it just reminded me that we're still capable of that as an adult. Yeah. And as teenagers or seniors or whatever at different stages as we go through life that we're still always capable of it. We just have opportunities and we have to try and find them and seize them again. Well, to connect back. Mhm. Another situation that I've experienced recently is where brothers and sisters have come together in a small group to journey together, to figure out how they're hurting each other, to figure out how to problem solve things. So they have a very clear focus of what they're doing and why they're doing it. It's, it's, I'm going to say somehow they have a goal and they want to get to an end. They don't want the journeys to be continuous for them, although it could change and I hope it does. But they're coming because they're trying to problem solve something they don't understand here. And this this little group has said to me, therapy didn't help. I don't know why. They didn't go into the reasons therapy didn't help them. They just were looking for another venue or another opportunity to problem solve it. And they thought, well, if we journey and go to our souls and we figure it out on that level, can we figure out what our soul contracts were together? Can we figure out what we were supposed to teach each other? And those are the questions they're asking in the journey. Well, and those are, to be fair, they're not questions that you ask a therapist. Yeah. And I, I'm, as okay. you well know, that's my background. But you can ask a therapist about motivation. You can ask them about cause and effect and how, you know, something from childhood made you feel and bought into a belief system. But you can't ask a therapist what you were meant to learn from one another. That's a soul contract. Yeah. Yeah. The, the average human, they don't have access to that information. Hmm. I like how you worded that. Thank you. Well, and I, and I want to take the heat off therapists. Mm -hmm. It's not their job to find that out. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where a lot of people would argue that's where man makes meaning. Hmm. right mm -hmm. if you go into like the Viktor Frankl kind of thing mm -hmm. we we seek meaning from everything but if you're really journeying into a soul's purpose that is a question that you can ask mm -hmm. and get an answer to I like the fact that this little group too comes with an open heart to figure it out even though they're all hurting and you can see that they're angry you can see that they're angry with their parents over certain things so they're journeying also to their parents' soul to figure out why they raised them the way they did and did this affect the way that they're treating each other. And that's the human desire to connect. So once the ego can actually step out of its way just long enough, you can feel desire again. Yeah, they've got it. There's an absolute purpose there for this little group to get that, which is absolutely my pleasure to be able to give them the tools to do it go along for the ride to make sure that they're safe, that they're doing it properly, that they're being respectful of each other and all of the soul, souls involved, and then allow them their own process in that. My ego doesn't have to get involved in that. They can do all of that work themselves. To me, that's really adulting. 
My last group to suggest this morning or talk about is a random group of strangers that come to a public journey in a location where they just all come in and pay their, their mat in the yoga studio or wherever it is, and they journey together and they learn process. So they each come with their own individual agenda. They arrive to have all of the structure, but they use the group's energy to get all of their own work done, connect to complete strangers, learn things about each other, get their goals met. And at the very last part of the session, this group journeyed together. They journeyed together as a group with one common purpose to find each other as complete strangers in a different dimension. To be able to go, I told them all to go to a purple crystal. Didn't tell them what to do when they got there, just to all go to one particular place. And then when they came back in, shared, each of them was to share out loud in the room if they chose to, they didn't need to, their experience of getting to the crystal, being at the crystal, and coming back, and how each of them in the room could hear that they saw and experienced similar things that they all helped each other in some way get there, understand their experience, and get back. Is that cool? Mm-hmm. Total strangers. I just, I so I wanted to throw out there a variety of reasons. So some of them went to heal. Some of them in that group ended up coming back because they wanted answers to questions about relationships. Some of them at the end of it, walked up to each other in the room and spoke to each other and shared information they had about each other. I saw you in the other reality and somebody was talking to you and this is what they said to you. Is that correct? And the person might sit there and go, yes, that's what I heard. How did you hear that? So be able to ask each other questions too, creating a, an, a new experience to say, somehow I'm created, I'm connected to this complete stranger She heard a conversation I had, which I thought was in my own head, and she heard it and helped me with it. And the gratitude. So maybe the final thing is the gratitude we can feel for each other's part in who we are and in how we are experiencing life. So just like we want to go out and maybe experience it by trying a new beer, we want to go out and experience it by trying a new dinner or a a new sport, or a new book, or anything, a new look. How do we go about seeing who we are, sharing it, and experiencing it with other people? So like you said, how do we figure out how to connect? I think for the people who are sitting on the edge of their seat, buzzing, wondering how they can do this or access it, you had hosted public workshops here in North Bay, through Ruby Yoga, and people can register through rubyyoga.ca. Your April class is full, mm-hmm. and I believe you said you'll be running more in the fall. Yeah. But, and Amanda's going to kill me for this, you can go badger her if you visit the site and send an email and say, I want one sooner. <laughs> you could, because if Amanda knows that there are enough people interested, she'll offer another one. Absolutely. And you and I are happy to run those. So, it just needs for her to hear that there's demand again. Mm-hmm. 
And people are also hearing that they can book private sessions with both you and I because we both teach it privately as well. Yeah, and, and I think it's important that you hear both because if you don't feel that you have someone or you don't know of anyone in your life that you can connect to on this level, you are hearing that there is a community of people who want this with one another, whether there's blood involved or not. Oh, blood meaning relatives. Yes. <laughs> I didn't get that. There's no sacrificing. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. I'm glad you clarified it. You did, but thank you. (laughs) Well, that's great, Kelly. Thank you. I'm glad that we did this show today about just maybe offering another way for people to connect. Yeah, and find peace. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Okay, well, thank you for listening. If you have questions about today's show or comments, you can email us at info at bysarlo.com. Otherwise, we will be back next Saturday morning with a brand new show.